1: 516 1220. So call in, we'll chat and uh, have some fun. Now, to start your day with the latest news and market commentary, here's Rob Black on the Wall Street Business Network.
2: I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial. Anything you want to talk about, we can talk about. Talk about the Warriors. Talk about basketball? probably not. Could talk about how Under Armour's got two of the hottest athletes in the world right now, Jordan Spieth in golf and Steph Curry in basketball. Kinda know, you kinda feel like uh there's a guy in baseball named Bryce Harper who's young, twenty three years old, and his contract's gonna end when he's twenty six and he's gonna look great in Yankee pinstripes. There's almost no chance that Washington could match the you know, the offer that the Yankees will have to put in front of them, especially since they've got like seven major contracts ending right about that time. So money, jobs. You know, I just talked about a 23-year-old guy who's going to hit free agency at the perfect time. You have to look at yourself as a free agent in life. A friend of mine, you know, is interviewing for jobs. Now's a good time to do it. Low unemployment or lower unemployment than we've seen in the last six years. Uh, Companies are seeing the economy expand and companies need to put you know, bodies and seats, to take advantage of that. Now is a good time to be shopping yourself. I think you'd be uh, fooling yourself if you didn't see yourself as a valued asset, and you should. Anyway, 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. Coding boot camp enrollment is soaring as students seek tech jobs. Uh, graduates of computer coding schools are going to more than double this year. There's a lot of high interest in high-paid tech jobs. More than 16,000 students will graduate from programming boot camps, up from 6,700 in the year 2014. The intensive tech programs teach students how to create websites and mobile apps in just two to six months and cost as much as $21,000. Not cheap, but a lot cheaper than a four-year degree. let bring in CFP Chad Burton. Joining me now, CFP Chad Burton. You can find him online at newfocusfinancial.com, or you can listen to a show here every day from 1 to 2 p.m., New focus on wealth. Let's talk retirement plan beneficiary mistakes. Four words, <laughs> and I just see beneficiary mistakes jumping out of the, out of these. Uh, what are we talking about here?
3: Well, what four, four words were coming to your
2: mind? Retirement plan, plan beneficiary, beneficiary mistakes. Okay, gotcha. The two it. words that jump out: beneficiary mistakes, <laughs> because I'm I'm one of those people. You know, at one point in time, if I died, money would have gone to my ex-wife. Mm-hmm. At one point in time, if I died, it would have gone to a girlfriend from the twenties. Yep, a girlfriend from the late twenties, uh, because I do a lot of financial paperwork and I don't update my paperwork because I just never seem to have time for that.
3: Well, it, the biggest issue too is that people go through the process of doing a living trust, okay, and they think they're done. Well, they're the yeah. attorney. Hopefully, did the job of putting the home in the living trust and re-registering that and your brokerage accounts, but. If you don't update your beneficiaries and make sure that your beneficiary designations match your estate plan that's in the trust, your beneficiary designations supersede what's in your will or your trust. So whatever you've named on there is how it's going to go. If you got a brand new trust, it doesn't matter. It's how that retirement plan beneficiary is designation. So the biggest mistake that people make is not taking advantage of what's called the stretch IRA. So What, what, is, a, what is a stretch IRA? A stretch IRA is... is where if you leave your, if you pass away and you have an IRA, your spouse has two options. One is they can leave it in an inherited IRA, which means that's good sometimes for a younger spouse that's under age 59 and a half and they need to have income currently, without the 10% penalty. Most people that are over 59 and a half, if they pass away, the, their spouse can roll it into their existing IRA without any taxes at all. A stretch IRA is when you leave it to your kids. And if you leave it the right way, they can roll it into an inherited IRA and stretch the, the tax deferral over their lifetime. They'll have to take a little bit out each year. They can take more if they want to, but they can stretch it out over their life expectancy. And sometimes it's even left over for the next generation if, if you you know live a long time and you've got great investment returns. So when you don't name a beneficiary at all, it essentially goes to your state. And if you die and you're under age 70 and a half, your heirs have to pay the taxes within five years. So it blows it up. You got a large IRA of a million dollars. That's going to put them into the highest tax bracket possible versus stretching it out over a lifetime and letting that Uncle Sam's money stay in the account and grow for you. So no beneficiary at all or naming your estate or your will. Those are the two biggest mistakes that can cost your kids a ton of money that goes to the government instead of your family. How much is a ton of money? Well, you're talking 39.6 percent federal, yeah. plus. You got to remember, you got that Prop 30 tax in California now that can push their tax bracket over 500,000 up to 13.3 percent. So 39.6 plus 13.3. Let's let's wait, 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 wait. I want to talk this through with you.
2: Which mm-hmm. weighs more, a ton of money, a ton of pennies, or a ton of dollar bills? I
3: think a ton of feathers. <laughs> so,
2: so a ton of money. You're just saying is okay. Choice D. I can't get, I can't get you to bite and play with me on that one. No. Um, naming retirement beneficiaries. Um, those are the two big mistakes.
3: Yeah. you mentioned one and you, you had this as an issue for a while, um, girlfriend or how about after divorce, people don't update their estate Ooh, plans or their yeah. beneficiary designations after divorce and a bigger one now since 55% of marriages end in divorce and 60% of second marriages end in divorce is, uh. People start doing prenups, okay. especially when they you know get nailed in the first one. They never want that to happen again. Prenup. And you might say in your prenup, hey, look, my 401K, that's my asset that are going to go to my kids when I pass. So in this prenup, I want you to waive the rights to it. It doesn't work. It has no effect whatsoever on a retirement plan because retirement plans are managed by ERISA. That's the law. And- Arissa says the only person that can waive, the only time a spouse can waive the rights to a retirement plan is if they're a spouse. Well, when you sign a prenup, you're not a spouse yet.
2: I would imagine some people got pretty upset to learn that.
3: Oh, there's countless stories. There's one story where a, a guy in, um, in New York uh, thought he was a beneficiary on his spouse's, for 14 years, spouse, her pension plan, okay. and he wasn't. The sister got the money. Now, in certain states like California, you have white, white rights to it. And some plan documents, Rob, say that as soon as you're a spouse, you're immediately vested, Or as soon as you're a spouse for a year, you're immediately vested. So it's also the plan document. If you want to do that and have somebody waive that and be a part of that, you got to work with your state planning attorney and your family law attorney and make sure that after you're married, there's spousal waiver forms that are signed, if that's that's you. So Also, bad language in your kid's trust. A lot of people want to leave their, their money to their kids in trust. Yep. And if you don't have see-through or conduit language in your trust that allows the kids to stretch that IRA out but have, that you have some control in your trust, you can blow up the IRA and cost too many taxes as well. So bad language in children's trust is also a ba- major mistake that I see. That doesn't sound good. Mm-mm.
2: With that being said, that's Chad Burton. You can find him at newfocusfinancial.com. You can listen to a show every day here, Monday through Friday, New Focus on Wealth. It's Chad Burton, and I'm Rob Black. And I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. Anything you want to talk about, we could talk about. Um, whether it be money, whether it be sports, whether it be something as innocuous as what Facebook has been doing the last couple of years, a lot of people don't know uh, that Facebook is kind of all about open source hardware. Kind of helping their own business model by figuring out, you know, how to use data more efficiently. They've saved... $2 billion in the process. They cut Fidelity Investments data center electric bill by 20%. They nabbed Microsoft as a board member, meaning Microsoft is using OCP hardware in its huge data centers and contributing back to the designs. Same with Apple. They created better careers for hardware designers, who could now collaborate instead of being forbidden to share trade secrets. They launched an ecosystem of products out of it. Did you think of Facebook as a hardware company? You should. They've got that component. They have a component for it for sure. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. Find me online at robblack.com. That's robblack.com. things financial, money invested, in more. Some of the top stories of the day, Jurassic World, which is owned uh, or produced by Comcast Universal Pictures, pulled in 500 million plus dollars in its first weekend. Holy mackerel. That's pretty big. Oh, there's my ex. I'm not going to say her name because that's not cool. Anyway, um, cyber attacks. They're exploding. Investors are cashing in. There's a cyber security index. We've heard about, you know, data stored online has been compromised. It's, it feels almost exponentially. And the cyber security index by Goldman Sachs is a collection of 30 publicly traded cybersecurity companies. It's a great list to start eyeballing if you want to pick one of them uh, to be your play. Or if you want to own all of them, you can now go out and build a portfolio of cybersecurity-type stocks, FireEye, CyberArk, Infoblox, Palo Alto Networks, Fortinet, AVG Technologies, up 19% um, this year. That's more than the S&P 500, which is kind of flat. CVS is going to pay $1.9 billion for to get pharmacies inside Target stores. This story makes a lot of sense if you think about it. It doesn't make a lot of sense on the headline itself, but We are living in a society more and more so where, A, it costs money to go turn on your car and go from point A to point B. Why not try to get everything in one place? CVS already has 7,800 drugstores. They're going to acquire targets more than 1,660 pharmacies. Getting bigger. When you get bigger, you're able to say, I'd like to order 100 million aspirin. I'd like to order 100 million Viagras, whatever. Um, And you might get a volume discount. CVS is pushing deeper into healthcare. Um, you might remember that they acquired a nursing home a pharmacy operator, Omnicare, not that long ago. For Target, the sales furthers a strategy to retrench the company under the CEO. The CEO who took over after, oddly enough, they were hacked, uh, a guy named Brian Cornell, he shut down Canadian stores uh, less than two years after they were opened. He slashed jobs at their headquarters. He's trying to regain Target's cachet from when it was a Target with a mock French accent on it uh, by refocusing on what it does best, enticing shoppers to, to deliver exclusive merchandise. This year, they came out with a Lily Pulitzer collection that got rave reviews, sold out immediately. So, um, I like I like this story for both companies, to be quite honest with you. U.S. homebuilder sentiment rose in the month of June. The innate... HB, National Association of Home Builders, and Wells Fargo, their reading hit 59, typically in economic readings, when it's 1 through 100, anything over 50 means expansion or optimism, anything under 50 means contraction or sadness, pessimism. Single-family home sales component rose by 7 points. Um, So, builders are sensitive to consumers' ability to buy a new home and this shows that there's a growing optimism amongst builders that housing will continue to strengthen. IKEA's got a secret. Meatballs. I've never eaten an IKEA meatball. I've been in IKEA once, twice maybe, maybe twice. <clears throat> trying not to lie to you. But I found the experience miserable. I don't like shopping in big stores. I don't like feeling like, "Hey, where's the t- where's the end zone? I want to spike spike the baby." <laughs> I I want to spike a football. I want to spike something. Um, so IKEA expects to sell 236 million Swedish meatballs this year. It reminds me of the Swedish chef. Um, that's a lot of meatballs, 236 million. See, what they figured out is that... Um, what's interesting about the whole meatball thing... Is they found out that you would shop longer if you weren't hungry, and if you were hungry, you're like, "Let's go get lunch." That's what that's all about. It was an idea of how to keep you in the store. Let's go to a call. I don't quite have his name, but he's in Southern California.
4: Hey, Rob, this is Gil. I've talked to you before. How are you? I'm good,
2: Gil. You're like my only regular
4: caller. I know, I love, I love you, brother. Hey, you're the best, man. Listen. You're you know, uh, I was with my granddaughter this weekend, uh, and her friends were over there uh, doing a recital or something. And what do you want to be? What do you want to be? You wanna... I want to be president. I want to be that. No, you want to be independent. That's what I tell them. I say, and you talk about that a lot, you know, working towards retirement. It doesn't make any difference whether you're digging sewers or you're a CEO or whatever. To be independent, you've got to save your money. I love it. I, You know, I have retired comfortably because I worked hard. You know, you can't just wait for your family to give you money. You've got to go out and work and you've got to save. And, you know, if you've got to get two jobs, you get two jobs, whatever. I like your segment about the house. I think that's a great thing. But I think more important what you're talking about is independence in general. You don't want anybody to tell you what to do.
2: I think that's close, Gil. But also, you know, part of it's trying to spark people to save. And well, if you sure. could encourage those girls, if you could encourage those girls to be president, it pays off. One of the wealthiest people on the planet are the Clintons at this point in time. They weren't wealthy going into the presidency; they came out stinking wealthy, where they could do anything they want now. But I'm with you, Gil. Thanks for the call. Um, moving forward and moving on, I, I, I appreciate his call, and I'm not trying to blow him off. Um, I, I don't know if I do the show for independence. I get the idea that he's got you know, what's called screw you money in retirement. He could do what he wants, he could travel, he could be a great grandfather, it sounds like he is if he's got granddaughters over doing recitals and things like that. Um, That's part of the goal of the show. Part of the goal of the show is just to get people to start younger. You start younger, you'll get to retirement and you'll have some options. Um, You start younger, you hit a, a, a train wreck in the middle part of your life, you'll have options. You know, you start younger and you have a stroke. Uh, you'll have options. You'll have already saved, you know, now the kick will be, can you live off that or do you need it to grow while you're on disability? Um, More people are still underwater. Uh, Homeowners are still reeling from the Great Recession. It may take 10 years to recover. 2006, the homeowners, you know, that owe the bank at least 20% or more, we saw it start to spike. Right now, it's still 4 million people that owe the bank at least 20% more than their homes are worth. So the, the fools who get on radio and television are like,
1: house is the best investment you'll ever make
2: house is the biggest liability you'll ever undertake it can be a great asset over time largely because you're cutting down on your income taxes largely because you're paying yourself rent but again like i said in the earlier segment the more money you put into the house it's like a piggy bank uh piggy banks your home don't pay interest stock market doubles your money every seven and a half years piggy banks don't so it's something to continue to think about and you know four million people being underwater That's a pretty serious amount. Um, And maybe they bought into the crap that, you know, home is the best investment you'll ever make. Friday, we saw the loss of the CEO at Twitter. He's stepping down. He's not, he's been just, I think, berated by people about when are you gonna quit? When are you gonna get fired? Does the board like you? Does the board not? So down goes Dick Costello. Who's gonna replace him? That's a big, big question. You need someone who's run a company before and someone who's kind of in the media content industry. There's not a lot of the people on that list. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial. You can find me online at robblack.com. That's robblack.com. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial money, investing, and more. A lot of people don't understand financial products. I try to. A lot of people misrepresent financial products. I try not to. One of the biggest financial products you're ever going to run into is your mortgage. And I could have put extra money towards my mortgage in the last six years. I'm glad I didn't, because my money is more than doubled. It's tripled it would have been a huge mistake to pay off my mortgage. Getting money in the market is a lot tougher to do than finding a place to live when you're 60 years old. A lot of people, like I said, just don't understand it. So let's talk mortgages. Your mortgage doesn't affect your home's value, so you don't have to pay it off. It's not like you're like, woohoo, things have changed. You're buying your home because you think it'll rise in value over time, If you didn't think it would rise over time, you'd probably rent. It's a lot easier than paying property taxes and some other twists and turns, like, uh, hey, there's a crack in the sidewalk. I need to have that fixed. There's a big legal liability on me. But if it's on the landlord, it's all that much easier. Owning your own home outright is like having money buried under a mattress. It's a really bad idea. The house will grow in value, or it'll fall in value, with or without a mortgage. Any equity you currently have in the house essentially is money that earns no interest, so it's like money under a mattress. Would you stuff 600 grand under your mattress? Probably not, so why would you stuff $400,000 into the walls of your house? Having a long-term mortgage lets your equity grow while your home value grows. So like I said, in the last year, six years, I could easily put money into the home and got 0% rate of return. I chose to put it in the stocks and, and the stock market and it served me way better. Another reason not to pay off your mortgage is a mortgage won't stop you from building equity in the house. Everyone wants to build equity, there's no doubt about it. It's the main financial reason for owning a house in a lot of people's heads. You can use the equity to help pay for college, weddings, retirement. Mortgages are bad, many people say, because the bigger the mortgage, the, the low. I've got a million-dollar house that I put $400,000 down on in order to secure it. They wanted to see a a buyer with a lot of cash. Now a lot of homes are selling for complete cash. People with $400,000 down are pushed out of the market in the Bay Area. Again, I'm not speaking for all the United States. Um, So... In the last six, seven years, my home's gone from a million dollars in value to a million and a half. So, I've got equity. I've probably paid $50,000 of the mortgage off, and it's also increased in value. Um, But it, it means nothing to me until I sell it. So, thinking that your home needs to be paid off for it to have value to you is ludicrous your house is almost certain to grow in value over the next 20 years. If the house rises in value at the rate of 3% a year, you know, you're going to say, whoa, I built a lot of equity. You'll be okay. Like, you don't have to pay it off now to feel rich. Uh, Paying off a mortgage is for either the super rich or the super poor. There's a radio show out there, some guy named Dave And uh, he could be the worst financial advice you get unless you're really poor and living in a trailer. His caller sounds something like this. Dave, my boyfriend took my money from my mason jar. What should I do? One of the things he says is you should buy a car in cash and you should buy a house in cash. I think that's ridiculously stupid. Uh, Mortgages are the cheapest money you'll ever be able to borrow, ever. Ever. You can't get credit cards that offer 0% for six months, but try to borrow a couple hundred thousand dollars on that credit card and you'll find that there's no way they're going to give it to you. You get a loan when you just demonstrate your ability to repay it. How much interest you have to pay is tied towards your ability to pay it back or the more confident that lender is that you can pay it back. You don't have a lot of risk when you, when it's not your money. You have more risk when it is your money. So, a lot of people call the show and say, should I pay off my mortgage? And I'm like, well, you live in earthquake country. If there's an earthquake, you're going to lose. If you don't pay off your mortgage and there's an earthquake, then the mortgage company is going to lose. Credit card companies know that a certain portion of their cardholders will default. That's why they charge 18% to all their cardholders. They figure that a third of cardholders default, they'll still end up with 12% rate of return on their money, which is not bad business. So, by offering your house as collateral, you agree to let the bank have your house if you don't pay back the loan. That dramatically reduces their risk. Banks don't have that ability with credit cards. So, a mortgage is cheap money. Your mortgage interest is tax deductible, and your mortgage interest is tax favorable. The points are related, and yet, like I said, a lot of people don't understand what the heck I'm saying because suddenly you're saying the word tax and that becomes complicated. Interest you pay on your loans to acquire your residence is tax deductible. The deduction is taken at your top uh, top tax bracket. Thus, if you're in the 35% tax bracket, every dollar you pay in mortgage interest, you save 35 cents in federal income taxes. You save on state income taxes too. So say you're in the 33% tax bracket and you get a 5% mortgage, that loan costs you 3.3% after taxes, because the amount of money you're saving on your tax bracket, so 5% mortgage rate, if you're at the 33% tax bracket, the costs cut you down to about 3.35% net profit. Now, capital gains taxes in the stock market are different, so... That tax rate, 20 to 23.8%, depending on if you hit the Obamacare threshold or not. Um, Mortgage payments get easier over time. You know, six years ago, I was making X amount of dollars. Now, six years later, later, I'm making X plus, you know, 4 or 5% a year raises, in theory. Um, When you're 20 or 30 and you're just starting a family and you're settling down, your mortgage is going to be probably almost a third of your your income, but hopefully, as you get older, hopefully as the kids go off to college, you'll be like, "Wow, I remember that mortgage payment was a struggle. Now it's pretty darn easy. So mortgage payments get easier over time, and all you need to do is talk to someone you know who's got a lot of gray hair, like if you've got a grandfather or a father. And they'll be like, oh, yeah, when I bought that property 35, 40 years ago, me and your mama, we had to eat beanie weenies. We had a beanie weenie buffet. We had beanie weenie barbecue. We had beanie weenie shrimp. We had beanie weenie all day. Uh, The most disgusting food on the planet. Worse than Spam, in my opinion. Like, at this point in time, I want to vomit just thinking about it. But talk to someone, and they'll say, it was tough back then. But you look at it now and you're like, Man, I wish I could have I wish I could have my dad's mortgage payment. Seeing that my dad's actually dead, that's probably not a good idea to get his mortgage payment, but you get the idea. Well, my mom's mortgage payment. Oh, I'm exhausted. Mortgages allow you to sell without selling. So at some point in time your kids go to college and you can get a home equity line of credit. So you can sell some of the house now, back to the bank. They'll say, okay, so you have to pay this back because you just sold it to them. Um, So a home equity line of credit allows you to take money out of your house and use it for other things. Sometimes home improvements, sometimes your kid's college, sometimes you can go take money out of your house and go spend it on another house. So it's an extremely simple point to prove and an extremely simple point to understand, and yet... People don't see it that way. Um, you know, let's say my house is worth a million dollars and I take, I've got a $600,000 of equity. If I take out a $100,000, I still have $500,000 of equity and I've got a $100,000 and then there's a big earthquake and the house falls down. Um, if I had taken that $100,000 and bought property in Tahoe, I still have property in Tahoe. It lets you sell your house before you actually sell it. Mortgages allow you to invest more money and to invest more quickly. Like I said, um, my mortgage is super low. My first mortgage that I ever got was about seven and a half, eight percent 8% 20 years ago. Now mortgages are 4%, 35 to 4.5% for the last few years. I have refinanced my mortgage. So even the home that I bought, I got, a I think, a 4.8% rate originally. Um, five years later, if the rates were so low, down to 3.8%, I refinanced. Now, they went as low as 33 3.4%, but you can't get perfection. You can try. And you can sometimes get lucky. Like I'm here to deploy model. She's pretty perfect at the time. Um but had I done a little bit more work, it wasn't really all that perfect. Um you know she's a great cook. She's a great social person. Um she had a job. She was nice, she was kind. A little bit more work would have showed some warts. Uh but it's okay. So mortgages allow you to invest more money and to invest it more quickly. Like I said, you know, a couple of years ago, I lowered my mortgage rate to the point that I save more on a month and I put more of that in the market and look what the market's done for me. Mother market's been very, very good for me. So you don't have to pay off your mortgage and people that do are financially stupid. So Dave, you are financially stupid. Just throwing it out there. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial money, investing and more. Black talking money, investing, and more. Anything you want to talk about, we can talk about. That's kind of my goal. Um, It doesn't always work out to be a great show. I do a lot of television work as well. Um, And I bring that up not to, I'm not going to say brag, but to really point out that I try to speak to a lot of different type of people. So be kind of cautious what you hear. Um, It's sometimes it's not meant for you. Sometimes it's meant for a lot of people. And I don't want you thinking like, Ooh, I heard that. I'm gonna go, like I talked about cybersecurity earlier and how that index is doing so well compared to the stock market. It's also got a lot more risk than the overall stock market. It moves fast. The dollar's been trading higher today, putting moderate selling pressure on crude, gold, and copper on commodities, that, you know, a barrel of gold, a barrel of oil is a barrel of oil, a pound of gold is a pound of gold. But the dollar, when it gets stronger, it has whether it be more buying power or less buying power um, on what you get with it based on currencies. Um, Other issues out there of note, you know, Greece and its creditors are going nowhere. And that's got to be just crazy frustrating for a lot of people. Um, I feel like I've been doing that story for years, and oddly enough, I have been. And the whole time, their unemployment's so high, I've been saying, "I don't see how they make it. This doesn't. I mean, this doesn't add up." Um, I don't know if that helps or not. Uh, I know it's. Gonna fail. Let's go to Rich in San Francisco. Rich, how are you?
4: Yeah, good morning. Uh, can you explain in more detail how one loses? Like if like there's an earthquake and they paid off all their mortgage. How how are you lose and how uh, loses how the uh, mortgage bank loses? And uh, in, in just in more detail how they lose it, possible.
2: Th- thanks for the call. Um, I already did that in the last segment. So if you wanna downloaded the podcast you can go back and grab it but typically in earthquakes and floods united states government will come in and make whole 60 cents on the dollar not dollar on the dollar um that's been the historical precedent and if you have it paid off then you have financial losses there if an earthquake knocks down your house and you don't have earthquake insurance which you know is probably a bigger question for a lot of people. Should I have earthquake insurance, or should I have tornado insurance, or should I have, you know, what's covered, what's not? Flooding's not typically covered, considered an act of God, which I find to be ludicrous, of which, for the record, I wouldn't buy in New Orleans, because it's a city below sea level, and it's it's going to have problems again, and they're going to be big again. Um... I don't think I really want to put any more effort into this. So paying off a mortgage, you automatically lose to inflation also. So if your house is paid for a million dollars, uh, the value of that million dollars is going to be cut over time. Whether it's how much does it cost for a car, your house if it's a million dollars in equity, it's a million dollars. It doesn't go up or down in value at that point in time. The house could, but not the equity. So 2 to 4% is the typical average year in inflation. Um... So, food goes up, cost of movies goes up, cost of cars goes up, cost of healthcare goes up. Uh, to say the, the, the phrase, a million dollars doesn't buy you what it used to, is probably fairly true. Um, and people like me, I'll make the mistake of saying on air, I need a million dollars when I retire, which truthfully I'm going to need more than that because I'm still 20 years from retirement and inflation is going to eat away at what a million dollars is worth. A million dollars will pay you $40,000 a year, each year until the day you die. Um, if you do it correctly, um, and again, what is $40,000, you know, 20 years ago, that was a a really nice car. Now it's kind of an entry level car for a lot of Americans. So, eh, if you want to pay off your mortgage, you're more than welcome to. I'm not going to stop you. I just don't think it's the financially smart thing to do. 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. It's 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. Wrapping up a little bit more. um, The 10-year Treasury is something we're watching, and the Federal Reserve meets this week to talk a little bit about what the Federal Reserve is going to do for the rest of the year. So later in the week, the whole market can change. Today, we may be looking at, hey, China has invested in a company kind of like Uber, the Chinese Uber. Netflix's marketing turns orange is the new black into gold. But we also hear today that China is going to be launching... A Netflix kind of copycat. <clears throat> Is that a big deal or not? It's Alibaba. Um, I think down the road right now Apple's really focused on the music industry. I think down the road they're gonna be really focused with what Netflix does. And there's not a lot of barriers to entry if you've got cash like Apple does. Um, could they get the scale as fast as they want to? It depends on what they offer and at what price. It depends on what they develop on their own. Eight hundred five one six twelve twenty to get your calls in the air. It's been over 1,300 days <clears throat> since we've had a fall of 10% or more on the stock market. That's called a, a correction. 20% from its recent high is called a bear market. Corrections are normal and healthy, in my opinion, and we would stand to get one sooner than later. Um, in large part, corrections take some of the froth out of the market. When markets are hitting all-time highs, everyone feels pretty confident. Everyone feels pretty smart reality is is that stocks are volatile and they don't move straight up if they did that would solve everyone's economic problems but then who would be hurt in the process uh in wall street there for every winner there's a loser um in theory <laughs> so not quite true but you get the idea Eight hundred five one six twelve twenty 1220 to get your calls in the air it's eight hundred five one six twelve twenty 1220 to get your calls in the air anything you want to talk about talk about money investing and more